Now God reveals to the prophet that some things are going to happen, that their country is going to be attacked, it's going to be assaulted, raided, and ransacked, and the people would lose everything they had built over the years, everything they had worked for, it would all be gone. Now the question is, could you still rejoice in the Lord if you lost everything? You lost your job, you lost your home, your finance, your family. Is your faith strong enough to trust God no matter what comes your way? I, I wish I could tell you on the eve of 2020, I wish I could tell you that there would be no more difficult days ahead. I wish I could tell you that you cried your last tear yesterday, but the truth of the matter is uh, there could be some difficult days ahead, uh, and one thing that's going to help us get through the dark and difficult and dismal and discouraging days is our faith in God. And that's really the book of, of Rebekah. It's about a book. It's a book about putting faith in God and trusting God regardless of what comes, what comes your way. And so God has said to the prophet that these people are coming. And Rebekah, he said his heart began to race and his lips began to quiver. He was physically weak to the point, Eric, that he couldn't even stand. What do you do? when fear grips you? What, what do you do when, when your heart starts pounding and your legs begin to give away? Do you try positive thinking? Do you try deep breathing? Or do you simply try to push it out of your mind? The prophet says, uh, what you've got to do first of all, in verse number 16, he says, uh, to wait patiently on the Lord. He says in verse 16, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come to the nation. And he says, listen, he says, God had told Rebekah what was going to happen. There was no stopping it. It's going to happen. There's no if, ands, or but. But God also had assured him that he was going to judge the Babylonians for their sin and that he would ultimately deliver his people. And so in the midst of his fears, Habakkuk chose to wait patiently on the Lord. Now this word patiently in Hebrew, it means to rest. It means to remain. It means to settle down. And what the Lord assured him of is that he could rest in him regardless of what was coming his way. He said, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Even when life goes wrong, I'm going to trust in God. Notice the second part of that verse. He says, I'm going to rest in, in him. And you can rest in him when you are assured of some things. He had assured him that trouble was going to come, but he also assured him that in his own time, he would deliver his people. And listen, the word of God reminds us that at times weapons may be formed, but God has assured us that they will not prosper. He's promised us that weeping may endure for a night, but he's also assured us that joy will come in 
the morning. Listen, enemies and foes may come up against you, but he has assured you that he is your light and your salvation. I wish I had a great crowd here. Listen, he has assured him of some things, and what you got to remember in the midst of whatever may come your way, yes, trouble will come, trials will come, tragedy will come, tribulation, tyranny days and sleepless nights, but I have to be assured of what God has said. So he chose to wait patiently on the Lord and rest in him. But then Rebecca says something. He says, not only am I going to rest and wait patiently, but he says, I'm going to rejoice in, in God. When you look at verses 17 through 18, Moffat, he says, he says, one thing that you can do is choose to rejoice. I've got to make, I've got to make up my mind that whatever comes my way, my praise is not contingent upon how I feel. My, my, my praise is not based upon what's in my bank account, what's in my house, what's in my refrigerator, what I drive, what I wear. He said not only will I praise him when everything is going well, but I'll praise him in times of difficulty. And so when you look here, I'm in the words of the late Dr. Caesar Clark, let me try to get some fresh water from this old well. When, when you look at what Habakkuk talks about here, he paints three scenarios in verses 17 through 18. He says, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, the blossoms on the fig tree, and the grapes forming on the vine refer to those things that are coming in the future. All right. Because they are symbols of hope to come. He says it's a blossom. It is just a flower, and yet it's a tangible sign of the figs and the grapes that are on their way. But in the scenario, he says there are no signs for the future because he said if there are no buds, if there are no blossoms, the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vine, there's no visible sign that these things will ever come to be. The question is, do you have any hopes and dreams for the future, but there are no visible signs? that they're ever going to come to fruition. Do you feel like saying to God, God, please give me some kind of sign. Give me some kind of sign. Some type of hope that things are going to change. Something that will help me, BJ, hold on a, a little longer. Then you know how Rebecca felt, and Rebecca would tell you, when you have nothing to hold on to for the future, hold on to God. All right. Rebecca says, trust God no matter what. Though I have no visible sign of hope for the future, nothing tangible that I can see or touch or grasp, yet he says, I will still rejoice in the God of my salvation. But not only does he paint that picture, but then he says, though the olive crop fails, the fields produce no food, the olive crop and the fields refer to those things you're trusting in the present. In this scenario, he said, those things that you've been trusting in the present, those things have let you down. 
the olive crop fails, the field produces no, no food. He said, you have now experienced disappointment. In fact, the word fail in the Hebrew, the word means to deceive or to fail or to disappoint. So the idea is you've planted and you've cultivated the fields, you've worked the land, you've tended the crops, and now it's finally time for harvest, but the crops fail. The field produces no food. You feel deceived. All that you've worked for, all the effort, it comes now to nothing. You, uh, you, 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 you've been laid off of a job that you have put all of your time, your energy into, and now you've been laid off. You lose your job, you have no current source of income, you invest all your money in what looks like a booming portfolio and the market crashes. You put years into a relationship with a person with, and, and, and now that relationship has severed. What do you do when all that you are counting on, Cheryl, in the present suddenly comes crumbling down? What do you do when you suffer bitter disappointment in life? Rebecca says, trust God no matter what. When those things that you have been leaning and depending on in the present, when they fail, he says, you've got to learn to still trust God. You got to trust God when those things of the, of, the, of the future, you really don't have any visible signs. And then those things of the present, when they began to fail, when there is no more money in the bank, when there's no more equity in the house, when your physical strength has been tapped out, when your hookups have played out, when your reserve has all been used up. He said, you got to get to the place where you learn to trust God. Then he says, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, the sheep and the cattle refer to those things that you have always trusted in the past. It's a symbol of those things that you have always been able to fall back on. But he says, when there are no, when there are no cattle in the stall." When there are no sheep in the pen, when all of your reserves and your resources have played out, what you got to do is learn how to fall back and lean and depend on God. What do you do when you have nothing to fall back on? Habakkuk would tell you, fall back on God and he will hold you up. Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice. He says, I'm not going to trip, I'm going to rejoice, I'm still going to have joy in my Savior. Listen, it's easy to trust him when the fig trees are budding. It's easy to trust him when there are grapes on the vine, when the olive crop succeeds, when the field is producing food, when you have plenty of sheep and cattle in your pen and in your barn. But are you really trusting God or are you trusting in those things? Are you trusting in the things that you have or are you trusting in the arm of flesh or are you trusting in the one who made all flesh? Think about Job if you would. That's the same thing that Satan says to God. He says, listen, Job is only trusting you. 
because you have blessed his hand, you've blessed his house, you've given him things, you have blessed everything around him. Take it away and see if he will still worship you and praise you. And Job showed his true colors when God allowed Satan to come in and remove some things and cause some havoc in his life. He still worshiped and praised God. Listen, do you really trust God or do you trust him when you know he's blessing your life? Do you trust him only on the mountain or do you trust him when you can't see your way and it's dark and it's dismal and Habakkuk says, though you have no visible hope for the future and what you were trusting in the present has let you down and there's no reserves that you can fall back on. He says, still rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord because he's the God and he's the Savior and he's the one that will deliver you right on time. It's really what Paul says in Thessalonians. Paul said you ought to praise him. Praise him in all situations. Praise him in all circumstances. Paul says, be joyful always. Pray continually and give thanks because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. But look at verse number 19. Rebecca says he's challenging us as we move forward in this new year. He's challenging us that it is his time. It's time to trust God. It's time to believe his word. It's time to walk with him. It's time to get close to him. It's time to trust him regardless of what takes place in your life. You trusted him with your soul. Trust him now to take care of you when it comes to your daily situations. Trust him with your family. Trust him with your finance. Trust him with your future. Trust him with your life. Trust him with with your children, trust him with your future, trust him with everything that's connected to your life. It's time. Tell you think it's time to trust him. It's time to trust him. Don't, don't wait until tomorrow. It's time to trust him now. It's time to put all of your trust in him. The sovereign Lord. Verse number 19, Jamel, he says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like hinds feet. That is the feet of a deer that I'm able to climb into high heights and high places. Habakkuk learned that his strength did not come from the grape on the vine. His strength did not come from the olives. His strength did not come from the sheep pen or the cattle pen. No, but it came from the God of his salvation. That's where your strength lies, child of God. That's where your power is. That's where your victory is. It's not in what's in the bank account. It's not what's in your cupboard. It's not what's in your closet. But it's in the God on high. It's in what's his name? It's in Jehovah Jireh. That's where your strength lies. It's in Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. That's where your strength lies. He said, trust God. Trust him. You've got to trust him. And when you find those days coming, when you feel discouraged, when you find those days when you feel disappointed, when you're feeling almost depressed, you've got to remember his goodness and his grace and his generosity. You've got to remember what he's already done. You've got to remember the prayers 
paths he's answered, the ways he's made, the burdens he's already lifted. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you need to remember what he's already done. Somebody said, Pastor, I can't really think of anything, but let me help you out. He woke you up this morning. Can I get a witness? He started you on your way. You got strength in your body. He's been watching over you all day long. He gave you traveling grace. And here you are tonight. You made it through 365 days. Somebody all remember the ways he made. The grace he has bestowed upon you. The mercy he's had on you. Yeah. If the neighbor ain't feeling it, tell the neighbor, come on and magnify the Lord with me. Because I got a whole lot of reasons to bless his name. I got a whole lot of reasons to lift him up. If you only knew like I do what he's done for me just this year, you would shout in my place. But since I'm here, I'll lift him up. I'll praise his name. I'll glorify him. Yes! Church. Yeah. 